the IM Symposium, the Winter Solstice 2017, where I'm gathering a group of people who have been instrumental in helping me birth the book Winds of Spirit together to share with you how their inspiration has not only inspired me, but inspires people all over the world. And today I have one of my very, very special, special friends with me, whose name is, her name is Jody Levy. And let me tell you just a little bit about Jody. She is an entrepreneur, an artist, a designer, a director, a producer, educator, and writer from the Detroit area who lives in New York City. Jody is the co-founder and creative director of World Waters, Watermelon Water, a company and brand committed to redefining how and what we drink to nourish our bodies and sustain our ecosystem. World Water's first product, Watermelon Water, was created out of a solve the hundreds of millions of pounds of unused watermelons in the United States. These waste melons were either ugly, mishappened, sunburned, but otherwise perfect depressed, nutrient-dense, hydrating watermelon water. And why I've invited her is because I love that she brings ritual and her spirit into every undertaking and i think that in 2018 people like her are going to lead the way as we navigate these winds of change into becoming more aligned with our spirits our business and of course as women step into this next 2000 year period where we're, we're, we're businesses transparent and business is about being in harmony with the earth. And you certainly emulate all of those things. So welcome to the I Am Symposium. And thank you for sharing your wisdom and some time with me. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Renee. It's an honor to be here. Well, what I was hoping you would talk about a little bit is, is that for you, business and spirit is not separate. Like taking a, a misshapen, maybe what somebody people would think a blemished watermelon and turning it into a, a worldwide phenomenon is something that stems from your heart and a bigger mission. So would you like to talk about that? Sure. So watermelon water is my baby. It's what I put much of my time into these days. And as you've explained, we basically took this concept of waste watermelons of which there are hundreds of millions um, annually just in America. And we use them, we cold press them and we turn them into watermelon water. And now we have a series of what we call blends, which are additional flavors and, and all have added benefits. But it started four years ago, kind of before the waste food movement all started to hit the world. And my co-founder Harlan learned that there were hundreds and hundreds of millions of unused watermelons and that there was this revenue and this energy stream specific to this produce that was going to waste. And that spurred a concept to do something with this waste and turn it into a product that happens to be super hydrating and good for you. 
I have come from a world of, you know, telling immersive stories. And so when, when I heard this idea of taking these waste watermelons and turning them into a super high functioning product that we created together, it, it sparked something in me, not just to use this waste stream, but also to use brands as a means of storytelling. In, in our case, Watermelon Water is an interface to a bigger story about health and wellness. Many of us know that what we put in our bodies affect how we feel and then how we act and how we interact and integrate into the world. And so when a bottle of something that happens to taste delicious and is really good cell cellularly for the body also has a component of being able to tell stories or inspire a different type of thinking and shift perspective and maybe you know, make you feel good, that's the first step of getting people's attention to tell a deeper story, in our case, health and wellness. In some of my other companies, the communication is different. Sometimes it's awareness to how ingredients are grown and the responsibility and the interaction with the growers and the land. Um, in other companies, it's about you know, how you take a product and you do something for other people. And I believe that in all of that, there's a bit of a flow state and a surrender in the business et cetera, in itself. And that full surrender to kind of let something like the organism that is a business kind of take you and find the right people that invest in and participate in and lead and guide and work within, it's an organism in and of itself. And when I can align with that, things kind of shape themselves. <laughs> and I know, I know that's true for her. And uh, Jody was very instrumental in fine-tuning the colors of my new brand because she <laughs> she sees that story she knows the wind story she has experienced the wind and 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 so we there's a lot of people out there like you and i think a lot of people who are listening need need this kind of inspiration right now because you know they're at the end of the road with so many of careers that no longer work for them and and things like that so what kind of advice would you give to somebody to follow that natural flow, that natural development of, you know, what's in their soul, what's in their heart? Is, do you have some, some kind of clue and insight? Yeah, I think, I think like, you know, medicine, every human experience is very different. But I find that in general, as it relates to the topic that we're talking about, the first step is really being in your body which you know, takes a lot of effort and energy sometimes when we're everywhere and our thoughts are everywhere and we're trying to piece together a puzzle that might be a business or an idea or a concept or a, you know, a, a creative endeavor. And when I can tune in and really be aligned with my body, the second step is being really aligned with my belief system. And so what I notice is that when, when people are in alignment and in integrity to what they believe, whatever they believe. I'm just into belief. <laughs> That's when the synchronicity of the universe unfolds. So when things aren't, when like there's not magic in my everyday, I know that something's off with my own alignment with my belief system. And I see that with people all over, whether they work with me or their friends, you know, it's like when people are kind of trying to get above water to breathe, they're usually a little outside of their own morale. 
And so once I see people that are in their bodies and then they're totally aligned with their, their belief and their way of being that they've de defined for themselves, that's when the surrender can really happen, right? It's like, that's when you know you're safe. That's when you can let whatever's coming, coming and guide you, guide you. And then you know, for me, it's always this good balance. Like I'll surrender fully so that I'm in the flow, but I'm still constantly making decisions. There's still a 10,000 piece puzzle with all the pieces that are kind of right side up that I'm constantly, you know, putting together. So it's not just a sit back and let everything happen and ride the wave. It's like ride the wave while you're slaying. And I think that combination of things, and for different people, it's different things. Like my sister's my best friend and she has a different way that she gets into her body and she has a different belief system for her own, you know, daily um, well-being. But when she's in her flow, you know that she's aligned with her practices that are allowing her to be the best expression of herself. I think a lot of times in business and in endeavors that we as kind of American society of doers, right, and makers, we oftentimes will go very, very mental and forget about the other intricate layers of physicality, energy, spirit. And we all know that when those are all in alignment, that's when we're feeling the most connected. But I think it's about the daily practice of getting there that allows us to thrive and really do what we want to do and accomplish what we want to accomplish, even if we don't know what that is. And so what, what in, in your daily, so when you start a business meeting, are there rituals or something that you have that, that you do personally that helps you know, like, hey, I'm going to be in alignment here and everything that is not in alignment with me is going to now fall away. <clears throat> yeah. It's tricky. I have a lot of investors, <laughs> a lot of amazing, powerful people involved in my businesses. Um, there's a couple things. I personally, I am very sensitive. As tough as I sometimes seem, I'm very sensitive. So I try to go in with some semblance of protection and um, at least some concepts of what I, what I want to accomplish, even if I don't know what the answer is. And that helps me really tailor my experience and keep things organized. Um, I also try before I go into a meeting, whether it's with my teams or a new group of people that we're solving a problem or a board, uh, you know, one of my boards, I try to really think about everybody that's in that room and what they're bringing into it, both from their own vantage point and experience, as well as, um, you know, maybe something that they're personally going through just so that I can really calibrate what's going on. I feel like a big part of what I do is hold space and kind of see the negative space, the space in between everything. Um, and, and that's really where one of my superpowers is, is, is kind of understanding that and feeling it and, and interpreting, you know, cause we're all speaking different languages and we're all on different vibrational channels. Right. So a lot of times you're in a meeting and it's serious and there's big money on the line and big, you know, goals at stake, but it's all energy e equals MC squared. Right. So it's like, it's a delicate play of just awareness. Um, and that's where the art I think comes into it. And, and then I'm also, you know, try to really recognize that it's a collective, like it really takes a village. 
And I happen to love early, early stage companies. Like I'm a total builder. And when you've got an early stage entrepreneurial startup, it's a baby. And it, it takes a lot of nurturing and a lot of attention. And there's things that go awry and every step of the way. And so I really try to honor the we and, you know, knowing that things go sideways all the time. It's like not about pointing fingers or, you know, blaming. It's more about like, how do we solve this? And I have a style that I think most of my people would say is like a bit self-deprecating and kind of comical. You know, it's like nothing should ever be that serious. And so we're laughing a lot. We're making jokes a lot. You know, we're like talking about our weaknesses more than our like patting ourselves on the back. And we just keep it funny because otherwise it's just like, it's way too intense. And, and it, for those, I mean, a lot of us, it's like a really a different approach to business than what we've learned. I mean, so do you think that we need to unlearn how we've done business in the past or is there a mechanism in place as, as we move through, through this, these windy times is times of darkness. How do you think we're going to get from the old systems of business to more what you're talking about, like an organisms that's free flowing and stuff. I mean, if you were to put on your prediction glasses, what do you, what do you see happening in 2018? I'm going to take that in two different answers. Um, the first is, you know, I believe in leading with love and I didn't always lead that way. I, um, unfortunately I got bit by a tick many years ago and it affected my neurological system. I contracted Lyme's disease and 13 other tick-borne illnesses. And I can look back and see now that I've cured myself where that really impacted how I acted towards people. I was edgy. I was impatient. I didn't understand what was going on with me. I had these abilities to make and create and lead, but I lacked the patience and the compassion. And now I understand that a lot of it was because of the way that my, my system was being tweaked in a negative way. So I think more than ever now, I, it's so important to me to lead with love and really know that it's the process of getting from A to B and B to wherever more than getting there. That's what life is. Life's too delicate, too fragile, and too precious to do anything about that. Um, I also think that there's been a movement, you know, and there's some very, very recognizable people. Richard Branson wrote a book on this. Elon Musk talks about this a bit. Like there's a lot of the kind of leading entrepreneurial thinkers of our time that have you know articulated how when you're doing things that give back or are conscious in different ways or care in in you know whatever definition that might be it comes back to you tenfold you know it's that like spiritual boomerang effect so it's not a new concept i think that um as it relates to how that's turning into something new and a movement of sort more and more people are making choices in their day-to-day -day lives to do what they love. That is a very empowering thing for people to take the risk to quit a job or say no to an opportunity and choose something that might not be as lucrative or as stable and, and do it because they love it. That that's, that's happening more and more. 
I, I heard something yesterday, somebody was saying there's never been a better time to be an entrepreneur because there's systems in place for money and support and, you know, like helping at every level from a foundational business all the way through growth cycles that has never existed before. So I think that there's more in place now for people to feel safer making the choices to fly. And I think that the old guard is, is starting to really kind of like come apart. And so the combination of those two things make people that, that are thinking like me and trying to lead like in this mindset able to thrive. Now, I will tell you, there are plenty of things every single day, every single month, every single year where I really operate in the old paradigm. I'm not bringing my own thinking that way, but I'm, I'm, I'm working in that. I know what the constraints are and the only way to bust through it is to work within it. I don't have an issue with that. As long as I am in my integrity and the people around me are around me, whether they're um, working with me or investing in us or you know, whatever they're doing for a product's development life cycle, as long as they're all aligned with what we're doing, I become the conduit for that. And I am happy to walk into an old guard room and just play. <laughs> and I think that that's what it takes to ultimately break the system down. And I'm sure if anybody can do that, you're like a great person to do that because, you know, it's kind of, she's maybe kind of a little Hayoka like that, that you don't exactly, you're in there, you're laughing and you don't even know what just took your million dollars type of. <laughs> <laughs> and, and with, with integrity, because I know for you, like, um, so talk, can, you know, since you brought up the Lyme's disease, can we talk about it a minute? Sure. Okay. That's, that's a real big issue for a lot of people in the world right now. And I know that you're the type of person that you, you were not going to settle for this is how feeling bad is going to be and I'm going to um, do with that. So you went, I mean, you went to the nth degree to heal this for yourself. I did. This is the first time I've spoken about it publicly. Oh. Um, so I... I, uh, when I finally figured out what was going on, because I spent 18 years trying to figure out what was going on and couldn't. And then when I finally figured out what was going on, I very systematically, um, approached my treatment. I always had this knowingness that I was going to be able to figure out a way to heal myself fully that would help other people. And because of that, I did it in a very strategic way. I tried one thing and then the next and then the next. I chronicled the whole thing. I was more OCD about that than I ever have been about anything in my life. <laughs> and in June of this year, I did a treatment and I have never looked back. And now um, I'm in the process of we've created a company called Lab Elemental. And in probably March, we're going to be launching a um, cleanse-based program that alleviates symptoms connected to Lyme's disease and other tick-borne illnesses. How great is that? That's, that's her marketing strategy that alleviates symptoms. <laughs> <laughs> that's what my intellectual property attorneys and my claims attorneys will let me say. Oh, no. And I love that. You know, and that's what I love so much about you. You, you blend this. She's a shaman. And 
she walks a shamanic path. I can call her a shaman. I don't know that she would say out loud that she is, um, but, but she is. So she takes that. She knows that everything's alive with energy, including this business and including the, the Lyme's disease. And she approaches it everything. And what I want you to hear for those people who aren't very good business people at home is she takes a systematic approach. And so, so often, and I know you do that in business as well, yeah. you know, we throw shit at the wall and we expect it to sit. And, and so there's so many spiritual entrepreneurs out there who have this belief that you can't be wealthy or that you're not going to attract wealthy investors or, you know, that they've taken a vow of poverty. And I, I know that that's not one of your vows. So, um, I, and, and I'm grateful for that because you, you teach me that everything's fair game. What would you tell somebody just starting out? They, they're finally getting ready to do work that they love. Where would you, where would you start? Um, know what you don't do well. Mm -hmm. It's the single most important thing. I know what I don't do well. And when, and because I'm always aware of what I don't do well or what somebody else might do better than me, I can grow so fast. I can learn something that I have never known out of necessity because my business requires it or because we're, you know, I'm growing in a, in a way that in one of the businesses that I haven't gotten to yet. Right. And nothing intimidates me because I know what I don't do well. And so therefore I'm, I'm okay bringing in help and I expect the very best. So I'll, I'll bring in the very best help at any moment in time to support the endeavors. Now, I also, to the point that you made a minute ago, Renee, you know, I know what I deserve and I love um, playing with money because money and resources is how you continue to grow and grow and expand. And so I am always of the mindset that I, I, invest in and fund all of my endeavors appropriately so that we can tell stories and we can engage people and we can build things quickly and have enough ammo to go after it and do what we want to do. That's a big thing. You know, you need resources to go and do things. We've been doing that as it relates to the wind program, right? It's like, it's amazing what the tiniest little thing costs energetically. And from an attention standpoint, from a monetary standpoint, it's ridiculous. It's frustrating. I hit that a thousand times a day. And so it's, it's that constant balance of, you know, what can you do yourself and, and what do you bring the right support in to do so that you can stay on track and move things forward and pace at the pace that the organism needs to grow. And I suspect that being an empath as you are, that there's some downtime that comes with this. And, and we don't necessarily as a society build in the downtime what do you do? I mean, I know, I mean, what do you do to take care of yourself moving in this fast paced business world? And, and what are some of the things that you might recommend that other people might consider doing as part of their launch strategy for their businesses? I think this is the hardest thing for anybody. Um, for me, sleep is the most important thing and my secret weapon. I get seven to eight hours a night, no matter what no matter how many things I have going. Um, I love my mornings, like my time with my computer where there's like ideas dripping out of my fingertips and my really strong cup of coffee next to me 
is like sacred. I try to get at least one meditation in a day. Um, I try to work out every day, move my body, but like get three to four really good workouts in a week because that's my sanity. And, you know, I make time to do other things. Like I, I'll, I dance, I hike, I, you know, I'll go like find my people in wherever I am. I'm on the road quite a bit just because I have so many different things going on. So um, I tend to, you know, be in motion a lot, which is great because I get to see a lot of my people, but it's also another layer of complexity on my nervous system. So it's also sometimes just about like the little interlude moments um, where I can like ground through my heels and just, you know, connect and, and try to find that solace. I try to get outside and see the sunset and things like that. And I think besides sleep, the other uh, really important thing for me in the day-to-day is I try to have like 30-minute blocks between things. So even on a day where I have 15 meetings, I need that breathing room to like connect, check, check everybody, check the emails and the texts and like all of the devices that are constantly going. I, I need that time so that at the end of the day, I'm not like backed up. And that's, that's important to me. And I know that you also spend a lot of time in nature too. Oh yeah. That's, I guess my first, I mean, I do. It's and I, it's, her, it's her first and it's like, hmm, what did well, you make on the list? Well, I said I hiked. I mean, I, Renee knows that I, I, um, I work from wherever I am. Mm-hmm. So I'm very, very fortunate. And the people around me really understand that like I need, in some ways I need to be kind of in isolation to then be able to, field phone calls and videos and you know meetings all day long